the concern was, bro, we knew the time we were putting into Raw, yeah. and we took great pride in that show. How are you going? If you add another show, now it's impossible to have the same quality that you're having weekly with Raw because there just aren't enough hours in the day. So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Uh, let's go rolling down memory lane, ladies and gentlemen. So speaking of second brands, or in this case, third brands, uh, but sec- SmackDown was the second brand. Uh, WWE. F Raw at the time uh, was a flagship show for WWE. Of course, before that, you know, we had, you know, superstars and, and so forth. And with Gorilla and, and Bobby the Brain Heenan, the, uh, the, the televised, the, the recordings from the studio. That was that was the feel for, for wrestling. And then we got the live audience, you know, and then we got the, uh, the taped audience and it be, became the live audience. That momentum basically spearheaded what we see today in television. SmackDown was a was an offshoot of that momentum and then uh, debuted as an op- episodic uh, television show in '99. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they it, there was a pilot pilot in '98, right? Well, yeah, I want to talk about the pilot real fast. I don't know if yeah. Papa Vince remembers it. How far in advance was the pilot filmed, or was it just like how they normally TV? Was it a Tuesday and they aired it on a Thursday and just turned uh, it on? I, I honestly don't remember. I wish I could tell you. And here's the thing about that pilot that, man, dude, we never got the payoff when Shawn Michaels super kicked the rock yeah. and he the people over. That was special ref. Yeah, special guest ref. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got some memory. I don't remember. He called it down the middle, super yeah. kick. And there was like that moment we were thinking, dude, are we going to see the Rock and Shawn Michaels? Because that nope. would be dope. That would have been really interesting. I heard that the Rock didn't want to work with Shawn. I heard that was old Shawn though. That was before you know. Yeah, that was that was BC Shawn indeed. Yes, Satan <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shawn. Yes, indeed. Uh, Vince, so with SmackDown, give us the the, the backstage uh, origins and and just creation and. How was SmackDown form, and why was it? Uh, why why did you feel, or why did the WWE execs as a whole, the the WWE brass feel as a uh, it was necessary that time? I believe August of '99 is when it's uh, when it debuted. Why was that time just like, hey, this is the time to do a, a second show? Bro, same reason why Raw's three hours greed, hmm. greed. Bro, the, the 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 WWE, you know, literally bastardized their problem, their, their 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 property, their program for money. I mean, that's what they did, and that was the concern of myself and Ed Ferrara. The 
the concern was, bro, we knew the time we were putting into Raw. Yeah. And we took great pride in that show. How are you going? If you add another show, now it's impossible to have the same quality that you're having weekly with Raw because there just aren't enough hours in the day. It was an impossibility. That was our concern. We wanted to make sure SmackDown was going to be just as good as Raw. Bro, how was that even going to be possible? How was that even going to be possible? And, bro, like, come on. Everyone knows they bastardized Raw to get that third hour. And they've been paying for it ever since. And in the process, bro, they lost millions and millions of fans because the product really suffered. But they made so much money, and it's just a catch-22, and it sucks. Yeah, yeah. So the pilot episode— Hold on, EC3. Hold on. Let's go Go. down that road for a second. Go ahead. Go ahead, Vince. Bro, if you need the money, that's one thing. If you need the money— Bro, if if, if you're Dixie Carter in TNA— and all of a sudden, somebody's coming to the table with millions of dollars. You're taking it and you're bastardizing your Antilly. Mm. Oh, yeah. They didn't need the money, bro. Let, I mean, let, let, let's be honest. They didn't need the money. The quality is missing in all aspects of life and culture and entertainment for money at this point. Where there is, no, there is nothing original. Mm. Everything's a remake or a reboot or garbage take on something that was you know well done in the past that's why i'm like so turned off by entertainment like i'd rather read a book like i'm gonna read the godfather book that's my next book and it's like one of the greatest movies of all time i hear the books even better like (laughs) entertainment's so bad i'm reading books well you know hey that's old school right there it's reading books um so the SmackDown pilot episode was April of 99. Uh, the debut was August of 99. Um, why the four-month gap there as far as just SmackDown pilot versus SmackDown episodic debut? What was the point of the four-month gap there? I would have to guess, bro. First, they had to you know, wait for the numbers to come in, examine okay. the numbers. Is, is is this worth doing a show? And then I'm assuming the majority of that time was negotiation. Gotcha. I mean, that's that's what I'm assuming. Then, bro, you've got to get the sets built. You got to get all that all, all that stuff made. That stuff takes time, man. They were always on like that third tier kind of broadcast network, right? When they were yeah, kind of, UPN, wasn't it? And then CW. Yeah, CW. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, now it wasn't like my network TV or something like that. They were on too for a hot second. Like that. Yeah, um, Vince was did did it have any type of inspiration from Thunder? Did that have? Did oh, I'm remember? sure it did. I'm uh, absolutely. And I, well, you know, bro, the the question is, did that really come from the network or from Vince? That mm-hmm. that's the question. That that I don't know. Was it was it the network looking to to take advantage like you know Nitro did, or did Vince see that model? Me- meanwhile, er- Eric will tell you to this day, Thunder was the biggest mistake WCW mm-hmm. made, and, and I agree with him because bro, you're watering down the product. You know, it, it seems like the intention was, and it might have always worked if they were able to develop separate brands with different unique 
storytelling characters and things like that. But no matter what they said and whoever they put in charge was always under the same umbrella and the same two crazy eyes of Vince that no matter how different they tried to be, it wouldn't get become different. So nobody was trying to. Thunder was like, is this the same? These are the same guys I saw Monday. Like never felt like they were trying. AC3 along those lines, I got a question for you regarding that. So when the merge happened in, in 2001 and Vince for a, an episode tried to make WCW a thing right. at, the end, uh, at the end of Raw when you had, was it a book and Bagwell as the, uh, as the main event and it just totally bombed, if I'm not mistaken, was it, um, was it Scott Hudson and Arn Anderson as the, uh, yeah. as the <laughs> broadcasters, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, and Arn Anderson never had that color analyst role and they just kind of threw art in there it was just super weird what do you think about that from just a, a production standpoint i just just as a fan what do you think about that ec3 of, of them doing that and and vince let me go to you after that you can just you can just tag in right after him like why do you think that vince why do you think that vince even allowed the the possibility of showcasing WCW. I'll start with you, Ace. I think he allowed it, but he didn't allow it. He did his version of what he thought it was in his head. And if you know you're totally tuned out of something or you don't understand something or you never see something, whatever the perception you have of it is the vision you have. So, well, it's going to be WCW. But we're in a raw, raw ring. You know, yeah. this is raw. This is one match. Like, you just put different people out there and different wrestlers. It's like... It just, it's watered down. It's not real. It's not what it really was. So it didn't feel like it. It felt just like somebody who had no idea what they were doing, putting things out there and stamping something because he bought a new logo. Um, Last move. It was hard too, because Booker was on the come up, but he wasn't the household name yet. Like, so he was very popular within, you know, the dwindling WCW audience. And, you know, we were all, wanted him you know we talked about the match with hogan i think a couple weeks ago and then buff was buff was never a main event or our top guy but he looked jacked but like i don't know as far as the talent he he was always a mid-card guy that did his mid-card roles really well so to throw him in the main event kind of like i don't think buff would have understand the the seriousness of the moment per se where the brand is dependent on me. He would just do what he knows, which is, you know, flexing and just move. And then, and, you know, you don't wrestle for six months. You get thrown out there in a 15 minute TV match with a commercial break. Bro, you blow up. It's impossible not to if you're not in ring shape. And there's no way to get in ring shape other than being in the ring. So it's not like those guys are going to a performance center and working out the rust and working on conditioning. They're, they're so talented at that point too that the, the aspect of practicing wrestling is not it's not that it's beneath them it's just that oh we don't know what we're doing we're pros we've been doing it for you know 15 years and all over the world so it's just a it was just a terrible conglomeration of just bad ideas and timing do you think the do you think the blow off <laughs> do you think the buff bagwell blow up against book and then that leading to the segment where he gets basically kicked out of the the building. Do you think Vince called an audible there because of seeing the match and saying, you know, I hate this. Who is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, if if your goal was to showcase WCW by having 
buffing Bagwell. Either you're trying to sabotage it, yeah. or you saw the match and you're like, oh no, the, heck no, this isn't going on. Let's go ahead and run them off. Here's the thing too for you know up and coming independent wrestlers that I'll be teaching at the CYN Co-op in Cleveland, Ohio. So sign up for independent reconditioning. I'll actually make you good. The difference of the WWE eyeballs work style, like they always say there's a WWE style and it's just like, you know, hitting a couple, like hitting signature moves. You do your five moves. The WWE style is very fundamental based and, you know, the in-betweens are what mean everything. And the in-betweens are things, are the first things to go when you're mailing it in for a paycheck in a collapsing company that's paying you a boatload of money. Like you just, you don't care about them. So then to come under the WWE eyes where everyone's, they take that seriously as they should. The business is serious. The matches are serious. Like you're not doing the little things and you can just see, I mean, I'd imagine a guy like Austin or Taker, Sean, Brock, everyone in the back watching it like, like yeah. shaking their head because they know their style and they know their niche. And it's, these are not tangible things a fan can necessarily see until they've been doing it for a long time. So I would say Vince probably called an audible, but then part of me thinks Vince would have just, set it up to fail on his own so he can just continually beat a dead horse yeah. someone dare challenge me and put my back against the wall i will take their kingdom i will scorch the earth and i will <laughs> and pillage and destroy everything and then when they're begging for mercy i will decapitate them but only after they beg for mercy properly and i pretend i'm going to spare them but then i'm going to do it anyways because i'm crazy Vince, do you agree with that? He set him up for failure, hundred percent, bro. <laughs> bro, listen, I, I I've read enough. I've read enough about the um, the uh, issues that Jr. was having with Buff Bagwell. That, yeah. that he he was having issues with Buff off that off, dude. You know, bro. They definitely made an example out of him. Set oh. him up for failure without a shadow of a doubt. And you know what's sad about that, bro? Listen, we we all know Buff's checkered past. We all, we all know it, bro. I I get it. I worked with him. I understand. But, man, bro, at the same time, you're doing that to Booker T. Yeah. Like, eh, come on. Ah, bro, come on. Wrong, wrong, wrong guy to do that to, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know? There's thing, too, that, like, the etiquette of the locker room backstage, and I would assume WCW had no policing because nobody cared because everyone was dis disenfranchised with it and just collecting their money and yeah. nothing mattered. So they didn't give a hoot or a holler, but then coming into a WWE where the backstage etiquette, it's not like it's bad. It's just they treat it like a professional, but then you would see Buff would probably walk in and I don't know him. I'm just assuming cause he's confident. He's a very confident person and he's probably cocksure. And like, this is business as usual. Same thing, showing up at TV, no big deal. Probably has his goofy hat on, tight ass shirt tucked in, rolling his bags, leaving his bags everywhere. Like just every little thing you don't know you're doing wrong and people aren't telling you, no one's smarting you up. Like, hey, Mark, uh, over here, we don't do that. Nobody's doing that. They're just letting him bury himself and bury That's himself. what happened with a good friend of mine, bro. And somebody, you know, man, there's a lot of similarities between him and you, EC3. Very young, freaking talented guys. Bro, that's what happened to Mike Sanders. Yeah, Mike Sanders walked into that locker room, did, didn't know the etiquette, you know, didn't know it. Bro, literally didn't see Triple H, but was in the vicinity of Triple H, 
never went over and shook Triple H's hand because he never saw him. Mm. And that was the end of Mike Sanders. Well, that's above average. That's Mike Sanders. That's one of the thrillers. Yeah, too. Like you come up from the power plant facility, which is completely different than WWE development system. You get that big push. You're the new blood. You know, you're cock strong running around young guns, like making names. Everyone's like, everyone's blowing you up and you are the future. You're the future. You believe that and you show up. Yeah. You you don't turn your head at the right time. You miss a top guy and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. 